episode with Darren Glover of Vayner Gaming. We get into Web 2 versus Web 3 gaming and what Darren believes is the most important way that Web 3 gaming could grow, um, which is, uh, it, this is a really interesting conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Uh, Darren was bringing it and uh, I loved having him on. Um, this episode is sponsored by Vinovest. going to do a quick spot from them and then get into our interview with Darren Glover of Vayner Gaming. Fine wine has long been a cornerstone of wealth generation and preservation. The problem? Historically, it's been reserved for the ultra-wealthy. Vinovest is changing that. If you know me, you know I'm always looking for the next big player in the industry. I was amazed at how easy it was to get started in diversifying your investment portfolio. Wine has one-third the volatility of the stock market and has outperformed the global equities market over the past 30 years with 10.6% annualized returns, proving that the returns can be as robust as your favorite red. Vinovest makes it easy to acquire new investments equipped with a team of world-class sommeliers who evaluate wine and determine which ones will gain value over time. You own the wines in your portfolio outright. You can buy, sell, and even drink them whenever you want. Go to zen.ai slash nfteach to receive two months of fee-free investing on Vinovest. Be sure to mention that nfteach is helping you save on two months of management fees. It's time to start investing with Vinovest today. Joining me on the Aspen guest line is Darren Glover of Vayner Sports. I'm really excited to have you today to talk gaming, Darren. How are you? I'm doing very well. Back from a uh, trip from Boston. It's beautiful weather here in Minneapolis, which is uh, which is always nice because you never know. Tomorrow it could snow here. Uh, this is true. I'm in Chicago. So, um, oh, you know it yeah, very well. I do. I do. It is May 5th. It is Cinco de Mayo and it is like 48 degrees outside, which is rather amazing to me. And we're, we are both sitting here without uh guacamole without a anything it's just off camera it's all here i have a soul right behind the computer right now uh (laughs) that i'll I'll try to swig in and out of no i'm kidding um no really excited to have you uh you know obviously vayner sports in terms of involvement with gaming bugga uh you know i think was the first hire or the first sort of talent that was acquired on on the gaming side you know, why don't we start with like sort of gaming in general, traditional esports, and why you know Vayner Sports felt like they needed a branch to support that. Got it. I'll keep it quick. So, Booga won the Fortnite World Cup. Uh, Fortnite World Cup blew the roof off of the traditional esports gaming space. Um, Booga is this super normal kid that lives uh, right outside of Philadelphia. Um, he came to Vayner's offices shortly after to have a kind of sit down uh, with, with Gary V. And one thing led to the other in terms of where they can take his career and future. Um, our model, the Gary V content model, you know, what that could do for someone like Booga, who is now, you know, gonna have dinner and then go sit next to Jimmy Fallon, you know, how to capitalize on this newfound career that was not expected. Um, so that, that led to us wanting to sign him 
right away, uh, Vayner Sports was a football agency that was started by AJ Vaynerchuk and Gary, and they were actively working on what that strategic plan was to expand into more verticals of talent representation. So it's kind of like the sun and the moon just aligning at the exact right time of Vayner Sports wanted to grow into more verticals, esports being one of the hottest, trendiest verticals of sports, um, us being able to represent the biggest name in esports in 2019 and help build and grow his brand and business just felt like the right thing to do. And then shortly thereafter, um, I was hired on board to take over the book of book of business, triple B's there um, and, <laughs> and go from there. And then we hit a world pandemic, which added its own wrinkle into everyone's uh, life. So that's the uh, that's, that's kind of the background from, from how Booga ended up at VaynerSports. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because then the pandemic also, it, it pushes people to game, you know, Correct. I mean, so, so, you know, a lot of people start playing games and maybe and not even gaming. Streaming. And I, I don't mean to interrupt, but it's yeah, like, yeah, sure. even taking it from a different level of just it, it showed people that you can continue your relationships via digital interface. And that level of behavior, I think is what unlocks why web three <laughs> is where it is right now. But I always look at the behavior behind what the people are doing. And to your point of, instead of just getting on a Zoom call every Thursday to grab a beer or a glass of wine and talk with my friends, it opened the door to find more interactive ways digitally to stay in touch with people. And not only just to stay in touch, but from a corporate side of things, what can we do digitally to cultivate a culture of people? Knowing that I can't schedule a happy hour or a top golf or a mini golf or do the stuff that I've always been able to do. And that led more people to peel back the layers of the internet for more ways to find those digital activations, AKA gaming. Like that's, that's how we got to gaming, which is like the most exciting piece about where we're at right now. A hundred percent agree. And, as a parent, I was watching my kids use Fortnite as their mechanism to, one, relax from the insane reality. And, and I was in Abu Dhabi when it started. And I'm not sure how familiar you are with like what the Middle East response to COVID was, but like it was very intense. There yeah. were lockdowns at night. Um, you had to have a mask. You had to have gloves on when you were in the grocery store. I mean, it Jeez. was so I mean, you can imagine from a child's perspective, like trying to make sense out of that shit is like. Yeah, what am the I hell's doing? going on? Yeah. Um, so, you know, Fortnite was the mechanism for him and he was he was eight, you know, it, to be able to c continue to communicate and, and relax and have fun with his friends in a really scary time yeah. in general. So I think you're you're spot on, like the social construct of gaming really came alive in the pandemic in, in a really awesome way. Uh, so, I mean, OK, cool. Like gaming is social. Esports was already a thing. It was already thriving and doing well so i mean obviously big news coming last week with uh, bryson getting signed to vayner gaming and before we jump into that signing in particular i'd love to just see what's your perspective on blockchain gaming uh and, and we can get into a discussion from there yeah i i would i would take it from the same seed of how i just talked about the behavior of gamers during the pandemic of people found gaming as a solution to a problem and I think that's the same mentality of why Web3 technology in general is it's providing a solution to a current problem that some people don't know it's a problem yet. But just like all technology, if you don't even know that it's there, 
you don't even know that you have a potential problem. So it looks very opportunistic. And then it goes right into that, you know, one of my favorite books is Crossing the Chasm, like the adoption of of people into new technology. So, you know, I, I went through the pandemic, you know, Gary got uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, our, our chairman, got into NFTs. You know, he started to ping, you know, the, the Vayner ecosystem was obviously kind of pinged before the rest of the world, um, just sur- surrounding like what an NFT is. I had no, I mean, when I say zero knowledge of anything around NFTs and Web3, zero knowledge. I had a little bit of Bitcoin and ETH in a Coinbase account, and that was all I knew about it. But as I started to understand, again, and like, I wasn't perfect either. Like, how many L's did I take because of the hype of rocket ships and wagmies of this project is going to make it, and I lost money on it? Like, I did that. But as I started to, like, understand that this industry, I can't just follow the sizzle. I have to really start to understand, like, what the meat of the steak is. As I started to do that, and I sobered up a little bit and was like, what am I actually getting myself into? I started to better understand the actual products and the applications that were being built on top of this new technology. My background, I worked at a digital media agency of building websites and apps. So I started to now kind of unlock that piece of my brain to understand the functionality of this new technology. And then that's kind of what brought me into finding this early, early stages of video games, having this technology built inside of it, and the skin that I'm playing with being an NFT. I mean, just that as a simplistic idea was like, well, that's interesting. If there's 10,000 skins in the game and there's one ownership per that skin, there's scarcities, the supply and demand, like the early stages of my understanding felt very exciting. And then that's what unlocked Axie um, as the first real playable game that I was like, well, wait a second, this is interesting. Like this and that, and you can compete and you're earning something in the game. And like all of these early stage constructs of what makes Web3 technology interesting being implemented inside of a very, very simplistic game um, unlocked me to go to YouTube just to understand how to play the game. And here comes Bryson as just a YouTuber when he had, you know, like no fob. This is like last uh, spring of 2021. Like he was within two months of like becoming a streamer and a content creator. I just started to watch some of his content. He was someone that I subscribed to in my channels and one thing led to another. So like that's kind of where I started um, my kind of journey inside of Web3 on the gaming angle and kind of my journey to be um, introduced to Bryson as an early creator in the space. Yeah, and I think the ecosystem is really fascinating because, you know, you look at VFriends and you see that people love Gary. VFriends, Gary has, and you can go back to the earliest episodes and, and you can go to my episode with Avery uh, from Vayner NFT. Like, Gary has understood the idea of utility and access for someone who, you know, people like. Like, when you buy his NFT, you're getting access to Gary. And, and you know, we see all sorts of projects where celebrities are involved and they don't get access and they, they're cash grabs. Right. We also see projects. So you can tell why, why VFriends was successful. We see projects in the space that are successful and I have no fucking idea why they're successful. I, yeah. I, like, I couldn't tell you why this Kevin meme is ripping. Yeah. No clue. But I feel like the gaming ecosystem in terms of blockchain gaming is really complex because to be honest with you, Axie is a game doesn't excite me one bit. Like uh, I, as a, a gamer who's played games his whole life, like I am not like looking forward to playing Axie. Can't argue with the the way it 
created a unique economic model around playing a game, but that the type of game um, for me personally just didn't resonate. Like I, I didn't have any interest in playing. I, I wasn't in a position financially to create a guild or something. So I'd be curious, like where, where are we from? Like what I would describe as really fun games in the space. Nifty league is a, it's an, that's an AJ Vaynerchuk invested game that I'm the heaviest in uh, because the game is fun to play. Like I just enjoy playing it. So what is the role of good games in all of this blockchain gaming ecosystem, in your opinion? I mean, again, it's like, I, for some reason, and like you start to do your research in the past, like new technology brings all these new things to the table and it makes people like drunk that like you're thinking and doing stuff in a different way than what you really know in your gut is the truth. But because it's kind of like fun to do and there's other people doing it, like you're going to jump off the roof into the pool, even though you know you probably shouldn't and you'll probably hurt yourself. Like you, people are doing things and saying things and giving opinions about stuff where it's like, really? Like when has that ever been true? Like no offense. If a game wasn't fun and yesterday, just by adding tokens and coins and ownership of nfts is not going to make the game fun like i think there's also like soberly thinking of the market cap of the styles of games that you're building when has a card-based market cap ever been a worth a trillion dollars it's never been worth a trillion dollars like it that style of game has never been mainstream in a digital world Pokemon is a huge IP that was built in a pre-digital world. That's why it's continued to, like the IP is there, but the card playing of it from where it used to be, it turned more into now a collectible thing, yeah, not, absolutely. not a, you don't go to the park and see a bunch of kids playing <laughs> Pogs and Pokemon anymore. Like it's now more of like, that's what I used to do. And that's why it's valuable. It's not pushing the limits of what's fun like these other video games are like what Fortnite is doing like what apex did what call like so not to say that those are the only styles of games but i also like always have to think of what games are being developed and just is that something that you genuinely think the 16 to 21 year old audience which has always been the powerhouse demo of gaming are they going to want to go home and play that game are they going to have fun and you go into the all the different checkpoints of what makes a fun game but you have to use some data from web 2 gaming like you have to look back on that in some sense to say unless your timeline is over the next 40 years well i don't know what that's going to be like but during this adoption phase the games that are going to be fun in web 3 are probably going to look like the popular games in Web 2. Like, I, just from a behavioral side of things, it's really difficult for me to change, for you to change my behavior in a 24-month window to completely go against everything that I've been doing in gaming. For me being a huge Apex Legends player today, for me to just go think Axie is the most fun game ever and never yeah. play an FPS game again, like, that's very difficult. So... My answer is like, one, I have no idea. Nobody actually knows. But just based on the data, I think the most popular Web 3 games are going to have a lot of the same constructs as what Web 2 games have. And they're going to be the first games to really pop off because it's going to be the easiest game for the Web 2 gaming industry to adopt into. So what would you describe 
you know, there's a lot of um, straight up anti NFT uh, sentiment from traditional gaming companies. I mean, uh, Epic is taking a bold stance. Uh, Steam is taking a bold stance. And, and like, like it kind of what it reminds me of, like from an abstraction perspective, is like how the NCAA operated. Like the NCAA, you know, fought name, image, and likeness for how long, right? right? Like we're not gonna, they're amateurs. And like at some point, they're like, well, fuck it, we just we NIL's right. fine, you know. And like, I, I I guess I'm curious as to, you know, we have sort of gaming companies, and and that's the other thing I've noticed is like games. When you think about a game being launched, it takes a really long time to make right. a good game and Correct. it takes a lot of money to create a good game. And I, what I see is this like juxtaposition of quick flippers and people who want when moon, when moon against like a process, like that PFP collector mindset uh, against because the majority this game of the development. Web3 gaming industry is filled with crypto maximalist collectible investors. Yes. So, so then what's the, what's the on-ramp in your opinion to, to creating more, traditional gamers to enter the space is it fiat like what where do you see that sort of structure to get more of uh, delete, i mean obviously delete all web3 vocabulary yeah that has to happen today so it has to happen yesterday in order to onboard more people into new tech and i mean again like i i it it helps me talk about it in a grander scope but in order to get more more web2 gamers into web3 stop saying nft and fiat and all these like Again, they're easy terms for people that are in the space, but if I don't, if I barely know anything, which is the overwhelming majority of the public, is I don't understand any Web three terms. How are you gonna How are you gonna adopt me into it if you're saying that these things are NFTs and all this stuff? Like, what the hell is a wallet? Like, I, I, like you just have to create an easier on ramp for people to just play a video game. Can I just play a new video game? And I want I want to just all of a sudden one day for, you know, Jeremy, we're best buds. And like, you're just like, hey, man, like there's this new game. Like, want to play it? Like, yeah, sure. Like, what is it? Well, here, just like go to this URL and like create a username and password. Boom. Let's play the game. That's how you want to run more people. Like I got hit up by some Web2, you know, gaming agents and things that represent some of the large Web2 creators. Like, hey, man, we're getting hit up by some of these games. Like, these games look pretty sick, and it's pretty fun, and all this other stuff. And I was like, dude, I totally agree with everything. Comma, new paragraph. Let me walk you through how you have all the steps and hoops you have to go through in order to just play the game. And then it was like, I took through the exercise of you got to download the wallet here. You got to do this. You got to at least have some of the cryptocurrency in order to get the cryptocurrency. You have to go to BNB. And in order to get the BNB, you got to swap to the over here. And it's like, how many traditional gamers do you think just got lost in translation that just went back to playing Call of Duty? Due to the, like, they yeah. can't even get to the game in order to even yeah. give you feedback on the game. Yeah, I mean, from a, a broader NFT landscape, right? Top Shot having debit cards be the only really required you know, method of participation. I, I mean, that's what onboarded exactly. a bunch of people into the NFT space in general. So totally agree. And And again, I think to your perspective also, having the the game that people want to play you know have nft elements to it with like to your point it's like taking the medicine without knowing you're taking the medicine you you have to have you know i'll, I'll mix it in my kid's ice cream so he he doesn't you know throw a fit to take it. it yeah i think you're right like making the best game is probably the most surefire way 
to get people to play a game of any kind. And again, it's, it's, it's a lot of like, you know, I'm, I'm taking a broad stroke here and I, you know, my personality is I'm very sarcastic and tongue in cheek. So if I say stuff that's kind of like, whoa, it's like whatever, but like, it's like lawyers, right? Like in contracts, you don't have to say those things like that. Like, but lawyers make it very complex a little bit for the perspective of like, it makes them also sound very complex and smart with the terms. And like, if you've ever read an agreement, I don't know what it says. And then it's like, well, let me translate it for you. Well, in order to onboard more people into the space, like stop trying to make it complex to make yourself feel important or that I'm going to use all these big terms because it makes the industry feel more respectable. And, and then it's like the same way that, you know, and like that's where I feel like a lot of the web two gamers get into the space and it's so complex and people are kind of like talking down their nose around like, well, let me tell you about how to do this. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that that's sort of like part of this culture because you get a lot of like maximalists in the crypto world that it's like, not like they're super friendly with open arms either. Like yeah. there's there's a lot of just like cultural splits and just like frustration because they don't want them to take over. You know, people that are ETH maximalists hate Solana because it's not a purebred decentralized blockchain. And it's like, it's tribal. Shut, shut the, you know, like shut up, like stop doing that tribal nonsense like yeah it doesn't help anybody out at the end of the day yeah it's like there, there's like a uh uh axis a continuum of like highly technical jargon against accessibility right on one end you have like a bunch of words yeah. that know and that just turns people off i, yes. I think you're 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 spot on um so you know like are there any games in the the blockchain gaming space that you just feel like are approaching this from a more novel way or like there are there any projects in particular that you find really interesting in, in terms of how they're developing their gaming ecosystems and creating less friction uh, for people to get on and play? Any game right now that's built that, that I can play on a browser or via a mobile download, comma, that also has a free to play function that I don't need to have any sort of crypto wallet sign in is winning. And there's a yeah. lot of them out there that I don't even know about, I'm sure. The ones that I'm personally, I enjoy, I like, that I know are Mini Royale on Solana and EV.io um, is another one. Th those are the two, in my opinion, right now have the most easily accessible game that has the most relevant gameplay that I could send it to my buddies or some of the Fortnite, Apex, Call of Duty, Overwatch, like whatever, like the, the Valorant players and be like, hey, check this game out. And they can access it easily. Their feedback is going to be, it's not as fun as the AAA game studios that are worth a trillion dollars, which the easy response is, well, no shit, Sherlock. Because it's yeah. not, doesn't have a trillion dollars in funding, but the premise of the game is fun. And if you can build on a fun premise, even though it's a small seed with a little plot of land that has grass, it's a small seed on a little plot of land that has grass, which is better than 99% of where the Web3 gaming industry is right now that people can't even get into the game. So those are the two games that I would say on, on my radar are currently winning in that context that i just gave 
Yeah, and, and one particular area of interest, or I, I, I attended the uh, Alliance Blockchain Gaming Summit in Amsterdam a couple of weeks ago, and one of the things that came up that I hadn't really thought about is like people spend in regular gaming, like I, I, Fortnite. I love Fortnite because it's contextually accessible to everyone. But like when my son comes and says, "Can I buy the Bruno Mars skin?" One, I go, "Yeah, sure." I spend the eight bucks. He buys the skin. I put the V bucks on. No problem. Okay. If, if you were to say to me, I would like to buy this skin for eight bucks and the transaction fee is $63, obviously that <laughs> would never fly. Uh, so you have, you know, L1 ETH issues for sure. Then on top of that, like people aren't spending, in my opinion, in blockchain gaming yet for fun. And that's another, <laughs> you know, Correct. like I, I buy vanity things in Fortnite all the time. Like, Oh, cool. NBA is licensed IP. I can buy a Chicago Bulls skin for my, you know, yeah, for my. That's yeah. Because the culture being built around it is not for fun. It's for the investment crypto people. Like, yeah. yeah. So like when, when you're playing Fortnite, you're not expecting a return on your investment. Your return on your investment is just fun. That's all you're playing it for, because you know that there's zero opportunity to have any financial return on it. Then all of a sudden, like the next hour, you play a NFT Web3 game and your mind is like, well, I'm not going to spend a hundred bucks on that NFT. Like without no, like, you're like, wait, what? You literally just spent money on a battle pass that gives you things that mean nothing. Now you don't want, it's, it, it's a behavioral culture thing that just has to change. I also think that the, like, because the NFT space is what it is because intellectual property stuff is what it is right now too, you know, I always often marvel at the intellectual property that gets brought in and the brands that get brought into Fortnite, you know, like so seamlessly, whether it's, you know, uh, licensed sports or whether it's an upcoming movie that's being released or it's the Mandalorian, like they, right. they, they bring these things in and people just, I like, I know from a consumer's perspective, I know from a parental perspective, like my son will will come to me and say, I really want this. And of course, I'm, I'm going to be like, okay, sure, fine. You know what I mean? Like, no problem. But like, that's the other part is like, I don't think we, we, we don't have the ability to easily transact yet. It's, it's not, you have to worry about getting scammed and hacked. And the other part that I find fascinating is that with, with Web3 gaming, you have to keep your wallet attached, which is not from a security perspective, like super convenient or great either. Yeah. Well, and, and again, like, I think, and, and not again, I don't like using that as my intro and setup for my point, but I think there's also the the realm that you also have to have some bar and level of expectation of what deems success. You know, team fight tactics and, um, you know, I'm trying to think of just like other, other games. I have no idea. Whatever. The Legos Star Wars game. I, I don't know. Like, there's a metric of success for you that you can't put – if you're teamfight tactics, you can't say we're unsuccessful because we're not reaching Fortnite numbers. When, like, the construct of the game and what you're building, like, it's just different, which is okay. And I think that's part of, like, being okay with not having to be the biggest is part of from a behind-the-scenes, whether it's game developers or whatever. Like, you have to be okay with that based on the game. Like – you're not you're not flaunting your current metrics doesn't necessarily bring long-term value because the game style and gameplay and culture and what you're building might not be as big as 
at Mini Royale or EVIO. And that's okay. Like you shouldn't be working on that if that's not what your metric of success is. There's a lot of really good video games that I don't like, that you don't like, that have really fun communities that people love to be a part of. And that's great. Yeah, like that's that's like find your community and find your lane. And there's gonna be a game that fits who you are and what you like to do. And that should be good enough for you because you enjoy to do it. Like then if there are rewards of crypto and all this other stuff that comes after it, fantastic. But icing on the cake. Exactly. Yeah. And and you know, uh World of Warcraft is a good example. Not a game I would play, but you know, when people play that game, there's a sense of social belonging and community that comes with that where it makes it really hard to switch out, you know, because there's relationships and friendships that have been created through playing that game. And so it it, you know, like the loyalty to that game remains. So But no, if you I mean, get into World of Warcraft. And then you're like, why isn't Coke, Pepsi, Balenciaga, and Nike wanting to work with us? And you're like, well, wait a second. Like, can we just take a step back? Like, that's that's just not going to happen because of whatever the metrics are of like what the game format is, the you know the concurrent viewership of your guys' events. Like, there's a bigger, broader business that's built on top of gaming and esports that doesn't necessarily make your game unsuccessful if you're not hitting those metrics because that's that's a different style that that takes gaming into esports entertainment but you can have a really great game without having millions of dollars in brand partnerships built on top of it that doesn't make the game unsuccessful and that's no knock at the community that's a part of it there's just but a I, level of expectation that you have to set for yourself as the game to not expect to have the balenciaga in-game partnership if you're not building a game that balenciaga wants to be a part of Darren, I think that's to your point on like, you have to be really clear on what, like in any venture, any business, any project, anything, you have to define success really carefully Correct. for like, like what your goal is. And, and, and like, I think like, um, you know, you, you also, to your point, you're not going to use, you know, you, you know, you don't want to compare yourself to, to the Joneses. Like you, you don't want to create comps for yourself that are not like, accurate or don't fit your metric of success. And I think that's probably the biggest takeaway I've taken from this conversation is like thinking through how these these Web3 games, what is their success criteria for their game? Like what, how do they define it? You know, is it a player ecosystem of X players? Is it a floor for their NFT? Is it a token? Like, and I think depending on what that sort of endpoint is, and if their if their actions align to that, that idea of success if you don't if that's not what would resonate with you as a game player then you're probably not going to find you know involvement in that project very fun i mean you're you're spot on i mean that's that's my perspective at it i think it's it takes a level-headed um individual to see it that way but i i get it there's so much hype in the category right now but I think hype leads to a lot of poorly made decisions from everyone involved. Hype leads to Pixelmon, really. It That's... does, 100%. <laughs> so, and whether you're on the business side and or whether you're on the consumer side, or like we all are, a little combination of both, like you have to not believe in the hype of the Pixelmons. Like you have to really invest into, again, like that's what you learn. I took my L's and like- We all have. Uh, we all have. Like we all have scars and battle wounds. And now moving forwards, you know, I hope that there are less battle wounds today than there was two years ago. And there'll be less battle wounds in four years than there are in two years. And as the industry becomes more structured and the concrete starts to harden just a little bit, 
it's going to help everybody out because people are going to start to find their lane. Right now, people are just in their boat, you know, exploring. They don't know where they're ending up and they're fighting for no reason. Like there's just, there's a lack of direction because there's just, we're in this like gray area of our entire conversation is being had because we're living in this gray area and people aren't finding their lane. They're not setting expectations. They're talking about it in the wrong way. They're building, you know, they're, I think a lot of these projects are over part partnering themselves. They're doing partnerships with anyone that hits them in the DM because they know that that leads to more discord members and then they can leverage that discord larger community like everyone's doing all the mistakes of like they're not learning from web 2 like stop looking at just because you have a lot of people in your discord doesn't make your community strong like yeah. aka just because you have 100,000 followers on Instagram doesn't make you a bigger deal than me like which it's like wait a second haven't we learned that <laughs> like apparently we... not but, but exactly. there's also also a lot of projects that are masquerading as games that are really not games either i mean we we didn't get into staking and unstaking and and like you know like I think like even defining what a game is is kind of loose in this space right now. Oh my god, it's yeah, very I mean, loose. What does that very, mean? Yeah, exactly. Listen, I don't want to uh, take too much more of your time. Darren Glover of Vayner Gaming, thank you so much for joining. Hope to have you again uh, and really appreciate you taking some time out today. You're very welcome. I enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Darren Glover of Vayner Gaming. I really thought he brought it, made some great points. Uh, looking forward to having him on in the future. Uh, that's it for me, Dr. Jeremy, signing off, saying take care of yourselves and each other. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.